I'm Rob. I'm John. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. So, the SEC has another bee in its bonnet about Web3. It does, and it set its sights on Binance. Let's dive into it. Okay, before we get started, we would love you to like, subscribe, follow us, comment, five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter if you want. Jump in our discords, talk about it, all of that good stuff. Um, it helps us know that you're enjoying this. And uh, it's great to see... The stats we've been seeing lately with the number of countries we're being listened to from and yeah. i mean it is it's just it's great stuff and it really helps us if you let us know you're enjoying it in any way you want to um okay with no further ado let's discuss the absolute disaster case that is uh the sec and it's i mean it's mainly binance but it is also coinbase that's dragged into this um there's two suits that they're kind of putting out together um which is essentially the same thing but binance has a lot more in their lawsuit i i was trying to work out the thing is we've only got the complaint so far so we don't have all the details um on what the case is going to contain but they i saw that the differences so coinbase and binance are both being sued for operating unregistered securities exchanges in the u.s but then there's much more to the Binance lawsuit. What do you make of all this? Yeah, so... Top level, the SEC has come after Binance, as you've said, for unregistered offer and sale of securities. And there's a long laundry list of exactly what they're trying to uh, accuse them of, etc., etc. There's an entire, like, two, three-page document you can read through if you want to. But vis-a-vis... That's what's going on. Um, Binance's response was uh, along the lines of, we're disappointed because we've been talking to the SEC about this sort of thing for ages. Yeah. Uh, and we've kind of been blindsided by these um, by these charges and we're unhappy. Mm, it's, fair enough. In, in terms of my thoughts on it, um, inevitable probably. I think it was just yeah. a matter of time before the SEC or some other governmental organization in another country um decided to um go after for lack of a better term um you know one of these uh, large companies in the industry and as you said there they've gone after binance and coinbase but i think as binance alluded to in their in their kind of response or their letter to the community they've written the sec has only gone after those because they're the largest players and it's to, it's to yeah. set an example and to try and define what's right and what's wrong and what agency can regulate what and all of this mm. sort of thing. So at the time this happened, which I think at the time of recording was about four days ago or so. Yeah. About that. Um, it was very much like Binance or, or the SEC announced that they're pre- uh, filing these charges. Binance confirmed that they'd received them and that they were disappointed and they want to protect the crypto industry, blah, blah, blah. But on the face of it, nothing much had happened other than some movement in the markets. Um, I believe today, or within the last 24 hours of recording this, uh, Binance US halted uh, dollar deposits. So that's been the first tangible yeah. thing that's changed out of this news. Yeah. And it's worrying. It's worrying for a lot of people in the crypto space. I, You know, a lot of the people watching this are, uh, you know, on the Wax blockchain. 
and it's become harder and harder for US customers to obtain wax in particular um, in the last kind of six, 12 months or so as just all these, all this regulatory stress is mm. around, you know, people uh, and exchanges don't know what they can and cannot do. And m- many people would rather be safe than sorry. So yeah, it's a tough situation. Um, Rob, what do you make of it? Um, yeah, I think I think there's two sides to it. So one side, it is bad. You know, the, the SEC have made it plainly clear that they are coming for crypto, um, particularly the exchanges. And we'll get on to more of their smear campaign perhaps a little bit later, but they're really going, they're out for blood. Yeah. On the other side of things, it doesn't, the markets didn't really react much to it. And I saw a lot of um, the sort of the financial analysts saying there's only so many times the market can react to the same story. Even yeah. if it's a rumor, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news. We've had this rumor for God knows how long, like <laughs> months, if not years. Um, so it, the, nothing really happened there. And I've also seen a lot of analysts say that if the US were to take a really hard anti-crypto stance uh, in terms of regulation, it won't really, I mean, it would impact Web3 and crypto as a whole, but it's not, we're at a point now where it can't topple it. All it would do is drive people out of the US to work in that sector. Um, I think they've probably missed, there was maybe a window where they could have crushed crypto into non-existence, maybe. I don't know if that's true or not, Um, but now it's just too big. And um, one thing you said there was, Binance was disappointed that that the SEC is as is suing them because they've been meeting with Binance for uh, they've been meeting with the SEC for, over regulations and guidance. Um, Coinbase said the exact same thing. Coinbase uploaded a a rather spicy video with just some uh, like stats and stuff, and they said that they had met with the SEC thirty times in 2022 asking for guidance. Um, surrounding whether it's a security or not uh, and now they're being sued so it feels I, I think SEC has the SEC has not won a lot of fans I imagine most most people are just entrenched one side or the other either they don't like crypto or they do like crypto and this hasn't changed anything for either of them but the SEC the way they're playing this does feel a little bit dirty a, a little bit um, unprofessional I guess is, is the only way I could really describe it and I think there's no better way of exemplifying this. Now, before I say this, I don't know for sure that this is this is true, but it's from multiple sources. I just don't have access to the files that would prove it. But basically, did you see the the quote the SEC tweeted a few days ago? Uh, I did not. No, it is mental. I mean, they are acting like a TikTok influencer. It's it's insane. They tweeted a picture of a quote. And the, the, the quote is, we can put the, the tweet in the show notes. The tweet is, um, it's a quote from the Binance Chief Compliance Officer from 2018. And the quote is, we are operating as a fucking unlicensed securities exchange in the USA, bro. Right, so, I mean... <laughs> Right, that's damning. It, it, mental that the SEC would 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 tweet that. That seems like they're really getting in the mud. But um, it's crazy that they'd tweet that. But that is a very damning tweet. Yeah. So 
multiple people started digging into this. It came from uh, internal chats uh, at Binance, and they found <laughs> that the person who said that said that pretending to be the SEC in a conversation. So they weren't even saying it as themselves. They were saying it pretending oh. to be the SEC. And the SEC is taking it fully out of context and then tweeted it on this big red background. I mean, it, it, it's just insane. And this is what I mean by it feels as if the SEC is doing a PR campaign against crypto, um, which they're, they're a regulatory body that <laughs> I just feel like that wouldn't happen in the UK. And in a lot of countries, there's, yeah. there's so much theatre around it, isn't it? Do you find it weird or is it just me? Yeah, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but of course the US uh, for the longest time has been, you know, the financial hub of the world. And yeah, of course. Um, that's been because of, of fiat money. And mm. they see this kind of new uh, innovation of, I don't know whether you want to call it digital money or let's just call it cryptocurrency, um, comes into the world. And it's something that they don't necessarily have too much sway or control over. And they might see it as a threat to their, you know, uh, dominance of the financial world. And that might be something they wish to target. I can understand mm. it from that point of view. But yeah, some of the things SEC has been doing are very strange. I will say, though, that the charges they filed against Binance are have some interesting claims in there so yes. let's let's kind of dive into um some particular bits of this statement so the sec uh, of course is alleging that they did um un unregulated uh, offer and sale of securities that's the main point but some following mm -hmm. points here um the sec alleges that uh whilst uh Changpeng Zhao and binance publicly claimed that u.s customers were restricted from transacting on binance.com which is the world, well, the version that's available to everyone not in the US, mm. um, they secretly allowed high-value US customers to continue trading on that platform. Yeah. Uh, and the SEC is alleging that whilst uh, Zhao and Binance publicly claimed that Binance US was created as a separate, independent platform, um, that Zhao and Binance secretly controlled the platform's operations behind the scenes. Uh, they also allege that the Zhao and Binance were mingling customer assets mm. with um, other assets um, involved in the Sigma chain, which is an entity that Zhao uh, controls, which yeah. is an awfully similar accusation to what actually happened with FTX. Yeah, I knew you were going to say. Um, <laughs> and, of course, whether or not that's happening, nobody knows. I mean, it's an accusation. I can't say whether it's true or false. Um but it's it seems strange that they're like ah FTX did this bad thing let's let's say that Binance are doing the same I mean I I don't know if it's just pulled out of thin air or if they mm. have any evidence it would seem very strange to me that the SEC would come out with something so pointed without any sort of evidence but going back yeah. to the tweet that you just mentioned if they're screenshotting out of context uh, quotes and putting them on their own Twitter feed. Mm. It's not a huge stretch to think that they're also doing some other kind of shady things as well. Um, there's there's some very lengthy um, quotes um, in this statement from the SEC as well, where they're saying that they're alleging that Zhao and Binance not only knew the rules, but consciously chose to evade them, which mm. flies in the face of what Binance is saying, where they're saying, look, we went to you repeatedly asking you what the regulations are. Are we doing anything illegal? are we above board, et cetera, and supposedly were met with 
silence for the most part. So yeah. it's a lot of he said, she said at the moment. And it's difficult to find uh, kind of the facts at the moment. Um, yeah. I don't think well, enough time problem, has passed it? yet. Yeah, we, only have and... the we don't have the, f the full document that they will bring to court. Presumably, <laughs> I, I imagine that will be public record so we will get access to that kind of stuff. The so I had the exact same reaction as you when I saw mingling funds. I was like, oh, God, it's, it's FTX all over again. Um, and of course, there are echoes of that. And then I got a bit conspiratorial and thought, have they done that on purpose? Have they maybe just thrown that in there? I imagine they have some evidence for it, but have they just thrown that in there so that people draw that parallel with, with FTX? And it kind of puts Binance on the back foot from the get-go because you know you're naturally just going oh god are they are they lending money from one to the other and are they misusing client funds um i yeah it's it's hard to make a judgment call it it seems unlikely but then you, you th if you think about ftx i would have sworn to you that ftx is one of the good guys before they collapsed and sbf was i mean we're, we're talking about um cz speaking to the SEC and speaking um, probably, in, I think he spoke in Congress. I mean, SPF did that. Let's not forget, yes. SPF was lobbying. Yeah, yeah. He was he was involved in that. And and now he's going to prison. So it's very hard to... to I, I heard someone say the other day, um, I think it was NLW, said that the fog of war is very thick at the moment and we can't really figure out <laughs> where anything is or what anything's doing. Sure. It, it does feel that way. Um, and particularly, I think if, if the SEC was just being like clinical and clean and direct and professional, I would say, well, you know, uh, this is perhaps very bad. But yes. there seems to be an agenda, which is stopping crypto in, in the US. And then we obviously have to talk about Gary Gensler, who... <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the things coming out about him, this is great. So uh, Gary Gensler is, is kind of heading the charge for the SEC on this front. Um, and the amount of stuff that has come out about him in the last, I don't know, 72 hours is blowing my mind. So there's um, the, there's the allegation, which apparently can be backed up, but no one's backed it up publicly yet that Gary Gensler went to Binance slash CZ to be an advisor to Binance in 2019. 2019-2020. Um, uh, he wanted to be an advisor to them and he wanted to be an informal advisor. And then he has later sworn he's never been an advisor in any role, um, any of the, whether that's true or not, who knows. But um, the rumor is that Binance are going to ask for him to recuse himself because of these and he has ties with cz he he met him in uh japan i think for to to meet about binance and they they're in contact and apparently they shared some um testimony that it like it, there's there's a lot of stuff there it's not just two people from opposite sides of the world that there's definitely some you know overlap and then uh i saw i don't know if you've seen this but on the one of the SEC tweets, the most liked reply is a video of Gary Gensler. I'm going to put this inverted commas for anyone that's listening and not watching. Shilling 
Algorand in 2019. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's shilling, but he's talking positively about Algorand publicly on stage in 2019. Um, and now basically he, he, every, everything he does, every video he uploads is, um, it's full of hucksters and, um, scam artists and Ponzi scam. I mean, you, you've probably seen that video of him saying all this stuff. Yeah. He, he seems, he represents one of the, the, I think, I think he represents one of the biggest vulnerabilities for the SEC. Um, which is kind of ironic given his role there. He's the chair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it feels like he... I think this is what annoys me. It, they're not trying to regulate. It feels like they're trying to ban, but using the mm. word regulate. It, it doesn't feel like they're trying to come up with regulations at all. Yeah, it's... So in the charges that they've put against Binance, there's a lot of, hey, you're doing unregistered this, unregistered that, you're... Yeah. Lying to your investors, oh, sorry, not lying, misleading mm. your investors. Um, you're, you failed to, and this is taken out of context, this is a, a very interesting line, failure to restrict US investors from accessing Binance.com, as if when they typed it in their URL box, it was like, no, this doesn't exist, which, no. <laughs> which obviously can't be the case. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of serious accusations in there. And, and as yeah. you said, I'm sure... This will either play out in court or there'll be some... And I'm almost certain the SEC are talking with Binance's lawyers right now and, and trying to figure out a way through this. Um, well, it depends how much the SEC wants to uh, regulate the crypto space. If they really want a, a strong position, then they could take Binance all the way to court and, and try to get a judgment. But it's, mm -hmm. it's bizarre. I, I was just reading through the SEC's filings here. And they actually include that quote from the Binance's chief compliance officer in the Madness. in the filing, which is crazy. Again, you wouldn't, you would very, you won't get that anywhere else. No, that, I mean that is crazy. But I do want to caveat that although multiple sources have said that has come from internal communications and has been taken not only out of context but in the opposite context of what it, what it says, uh, there is no evidence of that yet. Like I've, nothing's public. So no, it's sort hard of... to say, but it's still, it's a ridiculous quote to put in a legal document. Yeah, so if this was any other legal document, they'd say something along the lines of, uh, you know, we've seen internal communication, which confirms that yeah, they're uh, flaunting... members of the team believe yeah. that they were flaunting regulations. But they've, mm. word for word, and I'll just say the, the second half of this paragraph. Uh, the, the complaint alleges that in reality, Zhao and Binance maintained substantial involvement and control of the US entity and that behind the scenes, Zhao directed Binance to allow and conceal many high-value US customers' continued access to Binance.com. Mm. In one instance, the Binance chief compliance officer messaged a colleague uh, that, quote, we are operating as a fucking unlicensed securities exchange in the USA, bro, end quote. Then they move on to the next paragraph. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, like... you've got to add some, you've got to add the before and the after of those sentences is... Uh, yeah, it really goes on to accuse them of basically market making with uh, through Sigma Chain, and then mm. they they list you know who's leading the litigation and all this stuff. But yeah, it's it's a strange situation, and it's I, it's not affected the crypto market all too much. I mean, I saw Bitcoin and Ethan and a couple of other coins go down three to four percent, but nothing like you know the collapse of FTX mm. earlier in the year. Uh, earlier in the year, late last year. Last year, yeah. God, I've got the time Crypto just. Crypto time, man. Crypto. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. But 
I, I, on the face of it, market-wise, it's not made many differences. But I know from, um, you know, working on the side of, you know, the marketplaces and speaking to people working at chains and with other companies in the space, it has a lot of people very concerned. Um, yeah. Because if the SEC in the US are prepared to go after Binance, then what's to stop them going after other firms in the US or you know, what if regulatory bodies in the UK or the EU mm. um, start looking at large exchanges and marketplaces in other parts of the world and thinking, oh, we, we're a bit, a bit concerned about what you're doing too. So we're going to come after you and see if we can get a kind of a regulatory leg up in the space. So I saw, mm. I saw someone saying, um, I can't remember word for word what they said, but they were analysing what the SEC is doing to stop crypto rather than regulate it. And mm. they said there's an interesting point around them not going after the issuers of the token um, because they are issuing unregistered securities to people in the US. Um, but allegedly, they, they're not going after them because they don't think they can win or that it would be an extremely difficult case to prove. Um, and obviously, when it comes to things like Bitcoin. I, I mean, I don't even know who do you go after. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't really know how that would that would play out. But then, some of the other tokens they are in for, and uh, they've listed. You could go after them. You know, um, polygons in there. That there's there's plenty of people they they could go after. Obviously, Ethereum. Um, and I hadn't really thought of it that way. That it's it's interesting that they're not going after the issuers yet. I mean, maybe they mm. they will. But from what it sounded, the person who was talking about this, I believe, had a legal background and was suggesting that it would be tremendously difficult. Um, actually, on this note, Coinbase's spicy video, which you really should watch, is very very short and very very funny. It's just text, but it's very funny. They said a few things, like they said. They'd met with the SEC 30 times in 2022. Um, they said they reject something like 90 plus different types of digital assets because they don't meet the legal threshold. They're not just accepting anything. Um, then they said uh, 33 countries are establishing comprehensive rules for crypto. America has zero. Mm -hmm. um, and then Coinbase estimated that over 1 million jobs will be pushed offshore if they you know the sec gets its way but the most interesting thing in this video is that there is a test that was written to determine if tokens are securities which okay. is what the sec is using for these tokens this test was written in 1946 <laughs> right okay so basically the premise of this video is we've got to update the system um mm. That feels like a very fair counterpoint. Like, I'm trying to be objective here. Obviously, I lean towards Web3, but I'm trying to be objective. That If that's true, that the, the test of what's a security and what isn't was written in 1946, sometime before any form of digital asset could have existed, really, then it does feel like that is an outdated test and maybe an outdated system. But it could be just a point that's, you know, you know a cheaper point than that. I think... Most countries' regulations are horrifically behind the times, but the US in particular. Um, let's not get into the whole constitution and US politics side of that because we could literally be here all day. But um, 
yeah, countries around the world are having to update their legislation and their regulations mm. to um, to try and command some sort of um, uh, control. Maybe isn't the right word here, but to, you know, to put some protections in place for end users when it comes to crypto and NFTs. And which is what we want. I mean, how many times? Which is that? definitely what we want. Um, some countries are coming into it with more of a, an open mind, and I think with. I mean, let's look at El Salvador for an example. You know, they were the first country to um, basically make Bitcoin. Was it legal yeah. tender they made Bitcoin or was it just the ability to buy and sell? But it anyway, was, they... It's they, a, they, an official currency of El okay. Salvador, I believe. So in a country such as El Salvador, there's a benefit to them of doing that. You know, it's it's a chance for them to get ahead in a way. Yeah. You know, it's it's a calculated risk you can take. It's like, oh, we can take a punt on this, but hey, if, if Bitcoin turns out to be the next US dollar and we were the first people to adopt it, then that gives us a head start above everybody else. Whereas I yeah. imagine the US is looking at it in the opposite situation. It's like, hey, we've got the US dollar, which is, you know, the world's leading currency. It might not be for too much longer looking at financial, uh, financial news, but let's not get into that. Um, but they're in a position where they have this very strong, powerful currency and they're seeing this new threat to that. And mm. it's in their best interests to try and control that um, control that new money as much as they can, kind of under the veil of protecting investors, um, which is what they've gone after here, um, which is ironic since uh, a lot of Binance's reply is effectively, it's clear you don't care about the investors whatsoever. You're just trying yeah. to regulate the space. So uh, to me, and this might be a very odd comparison, but it reminds me a lot of Prohibition. Okay. It's like there's... There, Unpack that. <laughs> the, 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 the US sees this thing yeah. as a threat, and rather than put in particular laws or particular regulations or try to work with um companies and the general public to to create a something that's good for all it's just nope ban ban this we we control this now um and i i don't think that approach is going to work i think no. it's well because because it's it's not knows, I guess. It, it, it this sounds like a very dumb thing to say but the internet isn't something physical <laughs> like you can't yep if you can't <laughs> really regulate online activity in a way um it, it is like how for example let's say the american government was like we're going to ban bitcoin and make it illegal to own bitcoin and illegal to buy and sell and trade how do you enforce that do you shut down yeah, be difficult. every single marketplace get rid of every single wallet do you even if you went to the stage where it's like, oh, we require everyone who owns a Bitcoin wallet to KYC so we can track that you're not buying or selling or trading. People can find ways around that. It's the internet. People can find a way around everything. I so that is a good, that's a good point. It's tricky. That's a good it's point tricky. in itself. That, that, I mean, I don't want to talk about this subject, uh, but if you look at certain types of material that, is illegal and shouldn't be consumed by anyone online. Uh, I know in the UK that there are there is so many instances of it that the police haven't possibly got the manpower to prosecute even ten percent of what they could uh, they could probably prove. Hmm. It's 
there's been a lot there's documentaries on this and it and it's horrifying how yep. easy it is for people to get around these things just to make it a bit more pg there's plenty of uh, countries in the world where pornography is banned and to get around that you turn on a vpn nord vps <laughs> and away you go <laughs> yeah. and, and and then you've got around and i'm sure if um we're not sponsored you know, by nord we're, we're, other vpns are available <laughs> i don't even use no i use something else but let's uh they're not going to sponsor this podcast so Let's leave that Nord there. Nord might. Well, I don't know if they're listening. Uh, if someone who knows Nord is listening, reach out to us. I might switch my VPN provider. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, if, if the US went down the same road, like, we want to ban cryptocurrencies or heavily regulate them, like I said, that's, that people are going to find ways around it. It's mm. you, you can't really, and as, as Binance include in their response, it they say that you know Binance US is the US company, but Binance.com is... I'm not sure where it's based, but it's not US-based, so the SEC has limited reach. And this mm. is the thing, you can't really regulate an online industry. It either exists online or it doesn't. You know, if it's a website, it's going to be available to everyone on the internet one way or another, whether that's through a VPN or through, through some other method. If it's online, people around the world can access it. Um, so... I, I don't know where we go from here, and I don't, I, I, I don't know what the SEC's end goal is. Um, no. Of course, we've talked about vague ideas of control and regulation, but there's, in my mind, there's two ways this will go. Either the SEC takes Binance to court and tries to enforce some strict regulations on the industry, or they come to some sort of settlement with Binance and Binance continues to operate. Um, I think if yeah. we were to lose Binance um that would be big um and when i say lose binance it looks like binance us is the only one that's really going to be strongly affected right now mm. but if we let's say we were to lose binance entirely then that's two of the biggest exchanges in the past 12 months and it, it just shakes the confidence of the industry you know these people yeah. pe other people who own exchanges or investors looking into the space are like well why would i want to put any money into this if the sec or other regulatory bodies are just going to come in and prohibit it um mm. six months after i put my money in and uh, you know it harms everyone from the people that stare at graphs all day to the casual investors to people who just like cats and monkey pictures to people playing blockchain games you know it's mm. In one way or another, it affects space. And at the end of the day, we just want clarity. Good segue into some of the tokens that are being targeted, some of the coins, are gaming-related. The Decentraland's Mana is listed in this lawsuit. Axie Infinity's A AXS. AXS, yep. Yeah. Um, the Sandbox is Sand. And then Matic, uh, Polygon's token. So... This will impact blockchain gaming, which is obviously an important part of the space for us. Yep. And yeah, it, it bleed, the thing is, it bleeds out, doesn't it? And although it starts as cryptocurrencies and people think Bitcoin and Ethereum, it then trickles down to, you know, Mana, Sand, Matic, and then that affects everything. So yeah, I don't... It feels... I want to know what their criteria were for picking what tokens they're going to move against. Because 
They picked most of the looked, top They ten. looked at coin market cap. <laughs> that, <laughs> I would say that's almost definitely what happened. They they yeah. picked the top more or less the top sort of 10, 15, 20. Um, they have apparently they have mentioned over the last couple of years, they have mentioned 70 different tokens. Um, I, I, I'd love to know what the, I mean, we could probably quite easily find this out, but I'd love to know what the um these different ecosystems whether they games or um entire blockchains i wonder what they are thinking or what they're feeling about this surely it's crossed their mind that the sec might come for them next mm. as as issuers as we discussed earlier um i i wonder if that changes your strategy at all uh it's it just feels it puts you on kind of unsteady ground doesn't it yeah i know for several uh, companies in Web3 it has uh, directly influenced uh, particular things that offering particular things that their websites can do mm. because they're worried about uh, upcoming regulatory yeah. pressures uh, and of course this this kind of move from the SEC seems like the first major one that we've seen play out um, and if that's the first one then many will follow I'm sure so yeah. All eyes are on the SEC Binance situation at the moment to see how it all yes. plays out. And fingers crossed, um, by the end of it, we're in a good place for the industry at large. You know, whether it is whether the SEC backs off or whether we get some some good regulation in place that helps us. And mm. let's hope that we we end this better than we started it. Uh, yeah, I was sort of surveying a few of the like more knowledgeable people in this area than than we are you know legal minds and stuff and a lot of the suggestions were that essentially coinbase and binance will move to have the case dismissed they will likely not be successful and then they will settle which yep. i i guess it i guess it all hinges on what the settlement includes but i don't know what ground that gains us if that narrative is to play out i don't know what that actually does i mean if the sec gets some money out of binance and coinbase uh okay cool but you know what does that do for the industry what does that do for regulation and what does that do for guidance as it, yeah. all these companies keep saying they want guidance where's this guidance coming from um That's probably the worst outcome if they well, do it all, it... if they if they do it all behind closed doors, and it's all like we'll just pay you some money to go away, then we're in the same situation we were when we started. Yeah, <laughs> and just, nobody's I mean, learned anything. I don't that that makes it about money rather than yep. about regulation. And as we say, regulation is important. And whether these companies like Coinbase and Binance are being disingenuous when they look for guidance, I don't think they are. But whether they are or not is kind of irrelevant because we do need protection for people. We do need um, to make sure that citizens aren't scammed and and crypto has been a difficult place at times. So we do want these things there. And if, and if all that happens is we see a, a financial settlement, I, I just don't know what that gains anyone. It, it yep. just seems like a net loss. Yep. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up about... Uh, this is The age of Twitter is amazing because sometimes the most important people in these cases, like CZ, are writing public documents and giving it to the world in the middle of cases is it's kind of crazy yeah. and it must happen all the time where people say stuff that incriminates them or helps them um and uh yeah he he was saying that binance uh 
uh, it was on Coindesk. There was an article on Coindesk by Sam Reynolds, and it said Binance redirected $12 billion to firms controlled by CEO Shangpeng Zhao. SEC says, SEC says billions uh, in customer funds were directed to Zhao's firm Merit Peak via a holding company called Key Vision Development Limited. Um, so CZ, I keep calling him CZ. That's a very British way of saying it. I realize most people call him CZ. Uh, CZ tweeted about this article with a screenshot of the article. He tweeted, this is simply false. Not sure if it's the journalist or the source. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, Binance.us had in total roughly $2 billion in user funds. This number in USD equivalent fluctuates as a, a little as crypto prices change and declining as users withdraw due to recent news. All user funds are accounted for and never left the Binance US platform unless users withdraw them themselves, of course, ever. Um, so hmm. he he reckons they've got the number wrong by 10 billion, um, from 10 billion to 12 billion, uh, sorry, 2 billion to 12 billion. And also it's just, he is outright denying this publicly that user funds never left Binance.us. So, which seems... To me, that seems easily provable or disprovable, surely. Because even if it's not on chain, which the least part of it will be, um, you can follow the money, right? I mean, surely we if we even know the holding company and the the um, final destination of the money, surely we can track that. Um, but yeah, we live in such a crazy time that these people that usually would just be names are actual people on social media explaining their side of the story as it's playing out yeah this as SPF it, did it, yeah if you went back 20 years ago i mean let, let's look at the oj simpson case for example you know that didn't play out on twitter <laughs> it played no. out it played out between lawyers and in court and through statements and it was very controlled and very sanitary i guess you know he every word tweeted. <laughs> maybe but you know every word every statement was was checked uh you know they made sure that everything was above board and nothing could um you know be said that would implicate anyone of anything and, yeah. and now and we see we tend to see this all the time now where something happens or some case comes to the fore and social media plays such a massive part in it but yeah. it wasn't that long ago that we had the johnny Depp and I've forgotten her name. Um, that's not great. But anyway, you, you know the case I mean, where so much of that case was played out over social media. Not not Amber much Heard. was said. Amber Heard. That was what. Sorry, not, I, I not much continue was, to remember. Not much was. Um, not many statements were made on socials, apart from you know people looking at their Twitter accounts and stuff. But there was so mm. much conversation, so much analysis done by the general public, uh, and more and more and even in this kind of sec binance situation it's kind of gone a step beyond that already to the point where you know sec is publishing screenshots on their twitter feed and binance is writing statements and it's just it's all back and forth to yeah. sway public opinion almost yeah, it's, it's it almost it's like it's irrelevant at the end of the day irrelevant to the case you know it's the case will, battle yeah oh absolutely um the sec is trying to you know make the point you know, this there's this unregulated industry that has all these, uh, you know, evil players in it, and we're here yeah. to set things straight. And Binance just being like, "What? What are you doing? You know, you're, yeah. you're overstepping the mark. You're being overbearing. You're trying to overregulate, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, I mean, it's as I've said, 
will, and I'm sure everyone in the industry will keep their eyes um, very closely on the situation and and how mm. it develops. As I said earlier on in the podcast, kind of the first real move seems to have happened now with uh, Binance US halting dollar deposits, and I believe they'll soon halt dollar withdrawals as well. Right. Um, after a quote from Reuters, um, after US financial regulators said that they supported freezing Binance's assets. So... Good Lord. Yeah. Interesting to see uh, how quickly this is developing, and we'll see what the fate of Binance US is, but um, for mm. uh, people around the world, it will, uh, it'll be... Harrowing is not the right word here, but it'll it'll be. Yeah, I could be harrowing. I mean, it could, it could be harrowing indeed, but it'll be a. It'll be interesting to see how this affects the wider Binance business, and then how exchanges and other companies that hold you know mass amounts of, or facilitate mass amounts of trading and asset holding, etc., buy, purchase, sell, whatever, um, mm. on their platforms. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. Um, Web three and crypto could survive Binance. Um, just disappearing but it would certainly be a hit and yeah i it's a very strange situation and i i'm struggling to see how we end up with a positive conclusion but yes that's all we can hope for we'll keep an eye on this and then um inevitably in the next year we will do another episode on this topic um likely when it goes to court or if it doesn't go to court we'll discuss um what happened and if it made any actual positive change, which I'm sure that's what everyone's meant to want. They want to see the SEC affect positive positive change in um, a financial regulatory sense. Yes. It doesn't feel like they're shooting for that at the moment, but who knows? Maybe nope. they will. Um, that was, sure a, that had, was a deep and dark episode. There was, was a dark episode. Do you want to finish on something a little more upbeat or when it may be upbeat, depending on your perspective of it? Yes. So the the only thing I wanted to talk about other than that was the the news that really hasn't seen as much publicity as perhaps it ought to, which is um, Nike and their uh, dot swoosh brand, which is uh, their NFT collection. They have signed a partnership with EA Sports for these digital assets to appear in EA Sports games, including FIFA, though I think it's called EA EA team, EA Sports team, EA or whatever team FC, whatever they yeah, call something it, like that. Um, as of next year, and then you got Madden, you got NFL, you got NBA, you got NHL. Um, this is enormous, and one of the first articles I ever wrote on NFTs in games, I cited uh, FIFA using NFTs for like boots and things, which is funny yep. because that's exactly what we're looking at now <laughs> yeah. and people have mentioned it the, the thing is a lot of what's being reported hasn't been verified but there's only a few things that can possibly come out of <laughs> nike's nfts partnering with ea sports games i mean there's how many things can possibly come out of that and they have said that the assets will be usable in game um allegedly starting with madden um yes. uh, that is the craziest example and the biggest example of mass adoption of blockchain gaming we have seen and will see for some time, I think. And yeah. yes, it's been very quiet. Not many people have been talking about it. Yeah, I think if you're if you're US based, then of course uh, Madden is 
it's the equivalent of our FIFA, you know. So yeah. whether you are a sports fan in the US um, or in the rest of the world, um, EA's games have a massive impact um, in your gaming economies. I, I know yeah. over here in the UK and throughout Europe, um, FIFA is... I don't know if it still is, but it is annually one of the biggest game releases of the year. Yeah. Um, Ultimate Team and the various other cash shop options generate EA Sports an unfathomable amount of money every year. And I'm sure yeah. the same is the case in the US with Madden, and I imagine you have some kind of Ultimate Team variant yeah. um, over there as well. So, as you say, they've not said too much about what's going to be a part of this partnership so far. Um, I'll reads from nike's statement here this is from ron farris the gm of nike virtual studios and it's pretty much the only part that gives us any insight into what this is all going to be about but he says mm. uh, quote this partnership will allow us to unlock some incredible new experiences for our dot swoosh community and the massive ea sports fan base uh and then um andrea hoplin from uh, ea sports and racing says quote working with dot swoosh will bring creativity and self-expression to the forefront for fans as they connect, compete, and share their love for sport. Mm. What in the hell does that mean? <laughs> this is the most well, PR no, of PR statements. But I mean, it's we don't know the extent to which um, NFTs or whatever Nike ends up calling them um, will play a part in uh, Madden and uh, EA Sports FC and their other sports titles. But as you say, it's a, it's a big step forward for uh, mass adoption because, I mean, if it's in the latest titles then it's impossible to ignore them in a sense yeah. they're there whether players like them or not and i think with titles such as madden and ea sports fc it's it kind of solves that kind of mass adoption question of how do we get players to play web3 games as we just stuff web3 tech into games people are gonna buy anyway well, <laughs> and yeah. then they don't really have a choice so um, my only issue with this, or a bit of scepticism, I suppose, is that it's EA. Um, yep, sure. The biggest heap of money-grabbing arseholes the gaming industry has seen in the last decade. So quite how this will play out and how they will... I'm sure that they will benefit financially massively through this. Uh, but quite how that will play out, we're yet to see. But let's hope that they do stay true to the... Um, kind of the ideals of you know digital asset ownership and you know free trading and all this kind of thing but mm. i have who knows? three who things knows? three things to say let's see if i can remember all three because i usually remember the first two get finish this and forget and forget the third <laughs> but let, let, let's give it a go so one i would say it is gonna benefit ea financially 100 percent. but the the fundamental difference here is that the players will have digital assets whereas Previously, we've been players of FIFA, for example, have been buying Ultimate Team packs, and then the new game comes out, and they've just all those things they bought are dead, like just meaningless files on a server that they don't have access to. So, yeah, um, even if EA make more money by having a secondary market and taking a percentage of sales and stuff, I still think it's a good thing for the industry and for the yeah. players. Um, two is that the this means that EA has the infrastructure in place to implement NFTs in games. And once one of these giants has that infrastructure sorted, I think that overcomes one of the biggest problems we've had 
which is the giants were unsure about onboarding and how to do these digital assets in their games and make sure that players own them and have access and don't have to set up keys and all that. Yep. Um, I think this would act as the brilliant use case and the first person to overcome. And I remembered all three. The third thing <laughs> is this is on Polygon. And I'm a big fan of yes. Polygon. So um, I think that's it's very cool that we're, we're seeing it on Polygon. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a big yeah. power play for the chain that is onboarding every massive brand at the moment. Starbucks, oh, Reddit, Absolutely EA. Hilling it. Crazy. Nike now. Yeah, Nike. They've got Ticketmaster as well, I believe. Oh, boo, his. Crazy. <laughs> I'm no, having to deal with Ticketmaster at the moment to buy tickets for a particular thing that's happening in London in a few months, and it is atrocious, and the fees yeah. are horrible. How many so, thousands of pounds are you having to spend for a basic ticket to a basic too much, event? Too much to sit in the rafters right at the back of Wembley Stadium, but oh well. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> a fairly positive note until Ticketmaster. Until, yeah, but uh, Ticketmaster. I don't think you can have a positive conversation about Ticketmaster, no, no, no. so let's end the podcast on a positive note with a lively, or try to be lively, outro. Uh, Rob, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at tonegamer.io for daily blockchain gaming news, giveaways, reviews, everything surrounding blockchain gaming nfts kind of to an extent as long as they're pertaining to gaming some way and metaverse projects um we are on youtube we're still ramping that back up but you can find us on twitter at token gamer news also on linkedin token gamer and our app is still um doing fantastically that's on apple and android just type token gamer in and that works for wax wallets and polygon wallets um so soon you'll be able to have your um nft nike boots for fifa in our app I, I think i mean this is quite a long way off but still um is that everything i can think of i think that's everything i can think of john where can people find you cool uh for the latest uh web3 news you can to nftinsider.io or at nftinsider underscore io on socials uh for me personally it's at hydropowered h-y-d-r-o-p-w-r-d on everything um i've not been very active on very many platforms lately but twitter is still the best one to, to catch me on uh, yeah. and whilst i'm talking um go check out atomic hub uh, game fest happening yes. june the 19th to the 25th it's Big. at live.atomichub.io forward slash game fest uh it's a week-long celebration of games on the wax blockchain there's a three thousand dollar plus prize pool it's free to enter for most of the games i believe so Go check that out. Go get some free participation NFTs and be in with a chance of winning some cool NFT and crypto prizes. We'll have uh, a special episode that week, by the way. We will. I, we I should will. say it's it off be a lot there, of fun. but I'm doing it right now instead. Um, yeah, we should do a, a, like a an Atomic Hub Game Fest episode yeah, we should. during the week it's, it's happening. That'll be good fun. Yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So... There we go. Episode 67 of the Mint One Podcast is in the books. Thank you very much for watching. If you're on Apple or Spotify, a five-star podcast review would be awesome. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, like, comment with what you'd like to see from us next. And be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon so you never miss out on our latest episodes. And if you're on Twitter, be sure to follow us at Mint One Pod for the latest news uh, about our latest episodes and to find out when this goes live. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you.